Alright, and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric. And joining me tonight, nobody! That's right, I don't have a single guest on tonight, and that's fine. Um, as we like to say, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Alright, so we've got a lot to discuss tonight. Um, looks like uh, the Democrats in the deep state are... Um, Working on trying to uh, throw a coup against uh, Donald Trump. And uh, who knows if it'll be successful or not, but it's always kind of fun to watch this kind of stuff play out. Um, Let's see. Going right here to the Drudge Report. Condoleezza Rice's The call is murky. It is really murky. It's murky. (laughs) Uh, Pentagon official testifies as... uh, Testifies freeze on aid to Ukraine came from Oval Office. Okay, so try to set up that whole thing up quid pro quo uh the white house at war with itself even as it fights inquiry uh john bolton rejects legal alliance with mulvaney broadcast cable news networks to preempt regular programming (laughs) uh rudy guliani launching a podcast because why not everybody and their mother's got a podcast i mean hello (laughs) Uh, is this Judge Napolitano or is this Janet Napolitano? As merges as top critic. Oh no, it's uh, it's Judge Nap. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's click on this one. This one comes from the AP. More than two decades into his career as a commentator at Fox News Channel, Andrew Napolitano reached a milestone of sorts when he called when he was called a fool on his own network. Not to his face, of course, but Tucker Carlson. Oh. At Tucker. Uh, guest Joseph de Genova, dismissal of Napolitano for saying that soliciting campaign aid from a foreign government is against the law, illustrates the awkward place that the former New Jersey Superior Court judge finds himself at Fox during the Trump era. Napolitano, who joined Fox News in 1998, has emerged as one of Donald Trump's bluntest critics on a network where the president ex- expects to hear encouragement. Uh, Napolitano has defended an impeachment inquiry that many Trump supporters call unfair, noting it followed rules written by Republicans. He said the House, uh, White House counsel's arguments against the process were profoundly misguided and described Trump's, Trump's since-withdrawn proposal to host a summit of world leaders at his Miami resort as a constitutional violation about as direct and profound as one could create. What if the president... Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about impeachment for a moment. You can't impeach the guy because you don't like him. Uh, recently I've, was a guest on the Shakedown Shan podcast and a guest on the Unuseful Idiots with, uh, Tori Wachtel, Wachtel, You know what? I don't think I've ever asked the guy how he pronounces his last name. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so this impeachment stuff did come up. And, you know, I'm kind of taking the Scott Horton tract here. If you want to impeach the guy, the Saudi weapons deal is all you need. Because it's aiding in the genocide of Yemen. That's it. That's all you need. Continued warring in the Middle East that has no authorization. There's no formal declaration of war. Doing any of that is an impeachable offense. But they're not going to go after him on that. 
Okay, the Democrats and Republicans don't want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. Because if they did, their boy Obama and their boy Bush and their boy Clinton and their boy Bush and their boy Ronald Reagan would all have to go into the same soup of high high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, Let's see. Here goes another one. Secret Google project gathers personal health data on millions. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see. Google's Project Nightingale gathers personal health data on millions of Americans. Search Giant is amassing health records from Ascension facilities in 21 states. Patients not yet informed. Yeah. Google is engaged with one of the U.S.'s largest healthcare systems on a project to collect and crunch the detailed personal health information of millions of people across 21 states. The initiative, codenamed Project Nightingale, because, you know, everything that's done above board and uh, completely transparent all has a project or a codename, right? Uh, appears to be the biggest effort yet by a Silicon Valley giant to gain a toehold in the healthcare industry through the handling of patients' medical data. Amazon.com, Inc., Apple, Inc., and Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Corp. are also aggressively pushing into healthcare, though they haven't yet struck a deal of this scope. Uh, Google be- began Project Nightingale in secret last year with St. Louis-based Ascension, a Catholic chain of 2,600 hospital doctors offices, and other facilities with the data sharing accelerating since summer, according to internal documents. So, here we have a company whose uh, tagline used to be, don't be evil, although that's uh, been scrubbed, right, uh, here as of late. And uh, they like just do everything uh, under the sun to say, hey, guess what? We're going to be evil. We're going to do all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly stuff. Uh, So let's see. they got an infographic here in the story. Um, How Project Nightingale uses data. Number one, patient checks into hospital, doctor's office, or senior care center. Number two, doctors, nurses examine the patient, input data into computers. Data that is shared includes name, date of birth, address, family members, Family members, I'll just read that one again for you, allergies, immunizations, radiology scans, hospitalization records, lab tests, medications, medical conditions. So basically everything. Uh, Data instantly flows to Google Project Nightingale system. The system may suggest the following outcomes, among others. Treatment plans suggest tests, flags unusual deviations in care, replacement or or, or addition of doctors to patient's team. Additional enforcement of narcotics policies. Ascension may be more or four different procedures. May bill for more or different procedures. <laughs> I guess that's the most important one. Got to get that money. Yeah, so um, if that story alone doesn't make your heebies jeeb, I don't know what will. I mean, we only have... Uh, Dropping stuff here. Uh, I mean, we only have the entrenched government, the the people that uh, have hung around in past administrations 
uh, trying to perform a coup of a sitting president. And, you know, now we have a story of Google trying to get all of your health data. For what purpose? Oh, well, we're trying to make the healthcare system better. We're trying to get it to work for you by making sure we bill for everything. Um, so all of that will be linked in the show notes so you can read it yourself and, uh, in horror. Uh, let's see. Um, Hong Kong bloodshed and dangerous new phase. Uh, the Hong Kong protests folks are, are still going on. Um, the, the more I read about the story, the eh, a little more I'm torn on it. I, you know, one part of me is excited that there is a certain segment of the Chinese population that has had enough of communist government. Uh, and even myself, I uh, am a little bit of a stat nerd, and so I uh, go through and check to see where my podcast is getting downloaded at. And uh, to my surprise, I noticed Hong Kong was one of those areas. So I know I have people listening in Hong Kong. I don't know if you're, you know, just regular uh, Joe Schmo or the Chinese equivalent of Joe Schmo. <laughs> um, or if you're some kind of government minder whose job it is to listen to what the people could be listening to, I don't know. But if you are just one of the regular people out there that is going to protest, democracy isn't what you want. It's mob rule. 51% of the people can dictate what the other 49% do. That's not what you want. A republic is a step in the right direction. But ultimately, what you want are property rights and non-aggression. And you're not going to get that in a republic. And you're not going to get that with a uh, democracy. Ultimately, what you want is voluntary interaction between yourself, your neighbors, people you do business with. And if such a thing has, if there just has to be some kind of hierarchical structure that governs what the people of Hong Kong do, then, you know, make sure that it upholds that voluntary interaction. Make sure it's there to, to protect your liberties, to protect your property rights. And that's something that the Chinese government is definitely not going to, to let you have. Okay, that's not something that a democracy can protect. Because the moment 51% or more say, hey, you guys know the whole opening up a business on your own? Yeah. Those days come to an end. Now you got to get a license. Now you got to get registered. And even in a, in a, in a Republican-type system, where you have representatives going forward to represent your interests. Uh, how many people live in Hong Kong? You know, I know there's 
you know, like what, 1.6, 1.7 billion people in, in all of China. Like, I don't imagine Hong Kong's got to be, you know, at least 10 million people, right? There's no way that a representative could adequately represent you, the individual, towards a group. We even see that here in the United States. You know, we send, you know, a congressman off to go to Washington, D.C. on our behalf, and there's 545, you know, senators and and uh, congress congressmen and women <laughs> that are supposed to represent 320 million plus people. It's ridiculous what the ratio is of how many people are represented by one person. So no, the democracy is not what you want. I know, I know it seems like it's what you want, but it's not what you want. A republic, you know, a republic, a tiny, tiny fraction of a bit better, but still not what you want. You're going to have to learn that lesson from the United States. You know, and I've seen the pictures of you guys carrying American flags and um, reciting speeches by Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, kind of chokes me up a little bit because you guys you want freedom and liberty. You want it. And I know it's more than this extradition law that got passed. I, I know that that seems like it's kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. But I would just urge caution. Okay. Uh, so this one from the Daily Mail. Uh, Hong Kong police officer shoots protester at point-blank range while act Activists set another man on fire after dousing him with petrol as fresh violence erupts after city's 24th weekend of protests. Um, Hong Kong police officer shot a mass protester at point-blank range while activists set another man on fire, dousing him with uh, gas, or petrol as the Brits call it, uh, as a fresh round of violence erupted across the city today, and uh, when was the story dated? Um, yeah, so this was actually dated November the 10th. So, it was actually yesterday. Uh, the masked man was critically wounded by a gunshot in Saiwan Ho, and uh, apologies uh, to Cantonese and Mandarin listeners out there, uh, not exactly sure if I pronounced that correctly, so if I didn't, I apologize. As wild scuffles broke out this morning after the city's 24th straight weekend of protest, in footage broadcast live on Facebook, a Hong Kong policeman drew his weapon as he wrestled with a man at a blockaded road junction, with a second protester advancing towards them in a bid to help his comrade. The second pro protester appeared to swipe take a swipe at the officer's pistol, and just moments later the policeman opened fire at him, hitting him in the torso. Today, the critically wounded man was having an operation in the hospital, sparking further anger at alleged police brutality in Hong Kong. On top of that, another man was badly wounded after he was doused in gas and set on fire after... Alright, this says remonstrating with the protesters in separate clashes on Mahon Shan Plaza. 
Uh, horrifying footage of the attack showed the man being splashed with fuel and engulfed in flames after arguing with protesters on the footbridge and telling them, you are not Chinese. The man managed to rip off his flaming shirt, but was also critically injured in a hospital after suffering severe burns. The violence prompted uh, further anger today, but Hong Kong and battled leader Carrie Lam said the violence had gone far beyond calls for democracy and said the protesters were now the people's enemy. Uh, yep, see, that's where we go. Um, yeah, there's been kind of allegations that some of these protesters maybe have been brought in. So that's why I, I urge caution. Uh, if you are protesting in Hong Kong, uh, you want to do this peacefully. If you have people in your group that are advocating for violence, uh, such as setting somebody else on fire, that person is probably not your friend. You might want to start thinking in the terms of sent there to make you look bad, to give the police an excuse to shoot people in the torsos. So... Definitely urge caution. Okay. Be aware of government agents. They're all over the place. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else could we... Um, what else could we uh, bring up here? Oh yeah, Don Jr. got booed uh, in UCLA for his book, and he was uh, trying to do a book event and was drowned out by hecklers. <laughs> You're in the University of California, Los Angeles, Don. What made you think that was a good idea? Unless you were going there to specifically, you know, big time air quotes here, trigger people with, your, with the title of your book, Triggered, in flaming letters. Um, I get trying to own the libs or making the libs cry. It's stupid. Don't go to Los Angeles. You're not welcome there. Okay. Your event would have been a huge hit in the middle of the country. If you would have gone to Kansas City, yeah, maybe there would have been some, uh, some liberals there. To heckle you, but it wouldn't have been UCLA level craziness. So you did this on purpose to get booed to show how unreasonable the left is. And believe me, the left is unreasonable. They want complete and utter control over you and everything you do. They want a government program for it. Okay, the right is also unreasonable. <laughs> and speaking of the silliness, um, you know, I moved away from Louisiana. Okay? I, I'm in Dallas, Texas now, but I still get the little text messages from the uh, politicians in Louisiana that are running for office. So I got a good one from the uh, campaign office of Eddie Rasponi. And it said, hey, today's the day, you know, go down and vote for Eddie Rasponi. To which I replied, I don't support socialism. I was a little surprised that what I thought was a bot replied back 
and it said, oh no, Eddie Rasponi is a Republican. My response to that was, oh, I'm sorry, a socialist driving the speed limit. Forget my number. <laughs> there was no response after that. Uh, I've also gotten ones for John Bell Edwards and um, and some of the other uh, Ralph Abraham and uh, all the rest of the uh, kooky characters down there in Louisiana with their uh, polyester suits and their white patent leather shoes being more flammable than Richard Simmons at Cirque du Soleil. But uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. And of course the page keeps refreshing on me because Drudge can't hold still, apparently. Uh, still teaching at 95, Jimmy Carter draws devotees to church. Ugh. Go back to the peanut farm. Leave everybody alone. Um, let's see. Oh, what's that? It's a mid-roll read. <laughs> Saudi promo video labels feminism, atheism, homosexuality as extremist ideas. Three performers stabbed on stage in Capitol. All right. I'm going to have to give the Brass Testicle Awards to anybody doing some kind of public performance in Riyadh that is promoting atheism or homosexuality. You've got clangers. They swing very low. Uh, let's see. Where is this? Uh, let's say news.trust.org. Never heard of this website before, but uh, oh no, they're they're linking to a Reuters article. Uh, let's see, homosexuality and atheism have long been illegal and punishable by death in the absolute monarchy. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, a promotional video published by Saudi Arabia's state security agency categorizes feminism, homosexuality, and atheism as extremist ideas, even as the conservative Muslim. Ca- no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. The Saudi rule is not trying to conserve anything. There's nothing there to conserve. <laughs> Gotta get away from these stupid terms. Uh, let's see. Even as the conservative Muslim kingdom seeks to promote tolerance and attract foreigners. <sighs> you see, my allergies are starting to act up because I'm very, very, very allergic to bullshit. And that one took the cake. Promote tolerance. And attract foreigners. Okay. The animated clip posted on Twitter at at the weekend by a verified account of the state security presidency said, quote, all forms of extremism and perversion are unacceptable. <laughs> it's a light term for throwing people off of buildings and hanging them on cranes or burning them at the stake. Yeah. I don't, whatever your cruel and unusual punishments are for such behavior. Uh, it listed those concepts alongside takfir, the Islamist militant practice of labeling followers of other schools of Islam unbelievers. Okay. And y'all thought the you're not a real libertarian stuff was serious? Jokes, folks. Jokes. Uh, don't forget the excess of anything at the expense of the homeland is considered extremism, said the promo promos voiceover. As part of plans to open up society and attract foreign investment to transform Saudi Arabia's oil-dependent economy, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, has pushed for a more moderate form of Islam and promoted nationalist sentiment. That's rich, coming from a guy who had a journalist chopped up into tiny pieces while still breathing. 
he has loosened social restrictions and launched a tourist visa, and as Saudi Arabia prepares to take over the presidency of the group of 20 countries next year, Riyadh has chipped away at a guardianship system that assigns each woman a male relative to, appro- uh, to approve important decisions throughout their lives. Because, you know, women are only slightly above goats. They're subhuman creatures. Just to let you know kind of where their thinking is on this. Fact check me. Uh, but the authorities have also cracked down on dissent, arresting scores of critics, including clerics, intellectuals, and activists. Uh, the, Amin, the, the Imam of Peace. Look out. Tawadi, I think is his name. Look out, buddy. They're coming after you. <laughs> Nearly a dozen of women's rights advocates were detained weeks before a ban on women driving, which they had campaigned against, was lifted last year. So, women, you're not allowed to drive, because remember, you're subhuman creatures only slightly above goats. All right, so you were given that right to drive, all right, but now it's been taken away from you again. So you didn't really have a right. <laughs> okay. Because remember, your subhuman creatures are like slightly above goats. Uh, the public prosecutor has said the women were arrested on suspicion of harm- harming Saudi interests and offering support to hostile elements abroad. Some of the charges relate to their rights work. Under Saudi law, supporting groups classified as extremist organizations can lead to imprisonment, which would be the least of your worries, I'm sure. Homosexuality and atheism have long been illegal and punishable by death in the absolute monarchy, where public protest and political parties are banned and the media is tightly controlled. You don't say. That's all very tolerant, right? It's very tolerant. It's not. It's not at all. Jokes, folks. Jokes. Uh, let's see. Tulsi threatens to sue Hillary over defamatory Russian comment. Okay, uh, Tulsi, uh, just a word of advice. Um, don't take any plane rides. Uh, don't visit any Washington, D.C. area parks in the middle of the night. Uh, I would make a video very publicly stating that you were of sound mind and were not depressed and are not, uh, seeking self-harm in any kind of way. <laughs> That has been your public service announcement. All right, so this one's from Mediaite. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard demands Hillary Clinton retract Russia comments. Your statement is defamatory. Presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard has sent an official communication to Hillary Clinton, though her attorneys demanding the 2016 Democratic nominee. All right. Really? Mediaite. Democratic, right? We all know how to spell that. This is how they spelled it. D-E-M-O-C-A-R-T-I-C. Democratic. Nominee, retract her comment on Gabbard and Russia. Spell check. Goddamn, spell check. Anyways, your statement is defamatory, and we demand that you retract it immediately, the letter reads. See, she sent a strongly worded letter. Okay. In making the statement, you knew it was false. Congresswoman, Congresswoman... Gabbard is not a Russian asset and is not being groomed by Russia, the letter said. Besides your statement, no law enforcement or intelligence agencies have claimed, much less presented any evidence, that the Congresswoman Gabbard is a Russian asset. This fabricated story is so facially improbable. Facially? Factually? Might have been the word you were... Facially. Oh boy. Alright. Slow down, Eric. Make sure that it actually says facially and not factually. No, it says facially. Okay. Improbable that it is actionable 
as defamation. Gabbard is also demanding that Clinton hold a press conference to verbally retract her remarks. They got verbally right. During an interview with David Plouffe, uh, Clinton said that the Russians, I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic primary and are grooming her to be a third-party candidate. She's a favorite of the Russians. Okay. Uh, when asked by NBC News if she was re in reference to G Gabbard, a Clinton spokesperson responded, If the nesting doll fits. Ooh. Ooh. The nesting doll. So here it is. Despite what you may feel about Miss Gabbard. Mrs. Gabbard, I, I should say. She ain't no Russian agent. She ain't no Russian ac uh, asset. She is a current officer in the military with a security clearance. If any of that was true, she would not have a security clearance. And I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be a military officer. Okay? Now, before you not real libertarians, yes, I'm going to say that, uh, start saying, well, she's very good on anti-war stuff. No, 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 no. She's good on one aspect of anti-war. Yeah, she's anti-drug war. Yes. She's anti-global war on terrorism. But she still wants a global war on terrorists. She would just prosecute that war just a little bit differently. She's still a horrible gun grabber. She's still a socialist when it comes to economic policy and domestic policy, not somebody praiseworthy. Okay? Sure, I can give her a little pat on the back for wanting to decriminalize drugs. Okay? Little pat on the back. But as we all know, a pat on the back is a foot and a half away from a kick in the ass. Alright? Stop that bullshit. And I, hope, and I hope she wins this lawsuit of defamation. I hope it's settled out of court, because we all know that's going to happen. You know? Sue her for a dollar. Just on principle. But then, Tulsi, you need to publicly state that you were not su suicidal. You're very happy. Don't go taking any plane rides. <laughs> Don't go to Fort Marcy Park in the middle of the night, wrapped up in a carpet. <laughs> Don't do any of this stuff. Uh, here's, here's, here's some good news. Police struggle to recruit amid poor pay public perception. This is the best story ever. As soon as the story will load. <laughs> Here I am trying to vamp and fill up all this dead air, but then the story just refuses to load. Oh, here it goes. NBCnews.com. Uh, rural police struggle to recruit amid poor pay and public perception. There's a lot of peas for my pea popper to catch. Anyways, uh, attracting recruits to work for rural police departments is increasingly difficult, especially as most new officers choose to work in better staffed and better paying urban areas. Princeton, Iowa. Some days, Brian Karsten will pin his badge on at 9 a.m. and will not take it off until well after midnight. It is the reality of his job as the only full-time police officer in the small town on the border with Illinois. Every day is different, as the phone is always ringing with reports of domestic disputes, assaults, mental health crises. All right. We're going to pause right there. Mental health crises. Do not call the fucking police 
if someone is having a mental breakdown. Yes, your relative cop, your buddy uncle cop, your wonderful cousin cop. Don't fucking call them if someone is having a problem. If they are feeling depressed, they haven't come outside, they don't want to visit with their relatives, don't call the police. Go over there yourself. Take your fat butt off of the couch, put down your can of fucking Pepsi, and go over there and talk to your relative. Talk to your neighbor. I know. I know it's going to be awkward. Because we have our faces in these stupid fucking devices all goddamn day long. We have lost the ability to communicate with another fucking human being. We don't look each other in the eyes while we talk. I know it's going to be awkward and strange to knock on the door and say hi. I noticed you haven't come outside. Is everything okay? Is there anything I can do for you? But no, you want to call the cops. Somebody ought to call the cops. This is never going to work out well for them. Don't fucking do it. All right, anyways, back to the story. Uh, burglary or other, or even runaway dogs. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't even get a couple words. Runaway dogs? The last thing that you want a cop to do is come looking for your pooch. Fido's going to get a bullet in it. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> My dogs happen to run away all the time. They find little holes in the fence and they run off. And then guess what? We immediately go after them. Because number one, I live in the South, pretty close to a rough neighborhood. One of my dogs is a blackmouth cur, which may or may not have some pit bull mixed in it. I don't know. I'm not going to get a DNA test for the dog. All right. I love her too much. But that is a prized fighting dog. How do I know? I've had people walk up and offer to buy her from me. Okay. Now, I also have a 100-pound goofy black lab golden retriever mix. He's just a big giant goofball. He's just going to follow her everywhere she goes. Okay. We immediately go after those dogs to get them back to the yard. After their little adventures. Okay. But the last people that you need to be calling for anything canine related is a fucking cop. On a SWAT team raid, there is always one officer that's designated on Pooch Patrol. You know what Pooch Patrol is? If there is a dog anywhere within 10 yards of that SWAT team, that dog gets fucking shot in the face. Why? Because they don't want to get bit or barked at. And it doesn't matter if it is a playful little 30-pound quirky or a 10-pound poodle. Your little fluffy is going to get shot dead. And if it's not shot dead, it's going to have a sucking chest wound for a long time before it expires. Don't fucking call cops. Especially for runaway dogs. Or a friend or a family member going through a rough time. Don't do it. It's stupid. Don't do that. Karsten 52 
answered those calls largely alone in his town of about a thousand people, which can be risky when the nearest backup is 15 minutes away. And in his limited free time, Karsten, who has more than three decades of experience in law enforcement, moonlights for a handful of nearby police departments. He earns some extra cash and enjoys the change of pace while supporting small rural police departments that are having trouble recruiting and acquiring up-to-date law enforcement resources and technology as they grapple with budget shortfalls. <sighs> All right, now the rest is a sad little story. The world's tiniest keyboard... And the world's tiniest F key is being pressed for this small town jerk off. Um, I don't like cops. I've made that completely known. I don't like them. Okay. And if you're going to try and give me this little sad story, and I can just hear the violins playing in the background. The sad music is playing while the cop is giving his little testimony of how tough it is. All right, I guarantee you, in a town of a thousand people, ain't that much shit going on. All right, and if you were getting phone calls for all of that kind of stuff, then it's just people who are just calling the police to talk to somebody. Well, I heard my neighbor, and they were yelling at each other. Okay, fine. Husbands and wives yell at each other. That's going to happen sometimes. Okay? Now, does that make it right? No. Don't make it right at all. You should be able to work out whatever problem you have without yelling at each other. And guess what, guys? I'm guilty of it. I've raised my voice at my wife. I've raised my voice at my kids. Because I lost my cool. Okay? And guess what? They've raised their voice at me because they lost their cool. That's going to happen. Okay? Couples fight about stuff. Usually it's going to be fighting about money. Okay? It's going to happen. Why are you calling the cops? If that's all it is, it's just yelling back and forth. That ain't nobody's business. Okay? But I know you little social gossips out there just got to listen. Ooh, what are they yelling about? Can you believe he said that to her? Okay, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're calling the cops on that? You're as wrong as dick cancer. Don't do it. Your dogs run away. Why are you calling the cops? Okay. Neighbors having a bad day. Maybe they seem a little bit depressed when you saw them get the mail or something. Don't call the cops. Why? You're just inviting more trouble than it's worth. Go handle it yourself. In a town of a thousand people, the people of that town should be able to look after each other. Just fine. Without... Any presence of a police officer. Well, we need new gadgets. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't need that stuff at all. It's a town of a thousand people. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this week. Um, I think I've about reached my limit with uh, crazy stories. But I'm going to link to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, if you could. Take time out of your busy schedule. Leave a rating and review on whatever your podcatchers are. Because um, according to computer science, that's how more people get to see and hear the show. Because they base it off of those ratings and reviews. 
It's like, oh, some people are listening to the Friends Against Government podcast. Other listen, lo- other people have listened to Rebel with the Cause right here. All right. <laughs> That's how that works. All right. And the same goes for those other podcasters as well. So if you're giving them a rating and review, so if they're listening to Rebel with the Cause and you look down, you're going to say, oh, look at this. It is recommended me to listen to Erase the State. It has recommended me to listen to Mr. Sue. It has recommended to me to listen to peaceful uh, treason. I almost said peaceful slavery. That would have been completely wrong. I don't even know if that's even a podcast. <sighs> all right. So if you want to uh, support the show, by all means, please do. I'll have all the links of that down below. I just added uh, a cash app. I know, I know. Ooh, Twitter jack. Okay, fine. Whatever. Let me use their stupid crap against them. <laughs> All right? So that you're not snowed by their BS. Okay? Uh, all different ways down there to support the show. Um, teespring.com if you want to buy a t-shirt, coffee mug, whatever. I got a hat on there that says, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Uh, you want all that stuff? Go over to teespring.com forward slash row of the cause podcast. All right? If you don't even want to uh, type all that in, Guess what? You go down to the show notes below, you click on the link, and boom, it takes you right there. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, anyways, guys, uh, take it easy, and I will be back at you next week, Wednesday, 5 a.m., with another episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out. <laughs>